All right, thanks, Scott Shannon, and thanks to all of you for being with us. Write down our toll-free number. It's 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. Uh, we got a loaded-up show today. Newt Gingrich. You know, Newt said last night on TV, if it wasn't for Rush, I don't think we would have taken back Congress in 1994. Pretty, pretty profound statement. Uh, he'll join us today. Uh, our friend Jeff Lord is checking in. Dan Bongino's checking in. Um, and we'll get a lot of your calls in. Um, we're going to, when Bongino gets here, we're going to talk about the on Bongino.com the, the 20 greatest quotes of Rush. And some of them are priceless. And so we'll, we'll hit that in the course of the program today. Well, you know, so many of you, I, I don't want to, I'm just telling you what I know. Because I, I talked to members of Russia's family, and I've talked to every person that I know on Russia's staff, uh, Bo Snerdley, James Golden, uh, Cookie, George, Dawn. Um, I talked to Mike Mamone, who's a great guy. All of these wonderful people, they're all devastated, and the family's devastated, and they're all hurting. Um, incomprehensible pain. They love this man as we all did. And, but they, they're all very appreciative and literally telling me that all of you and all of your prayers and all of the, the nice things that have been said about rush has meant the world to them. And I think it's important that I convey that to you, that, it is it's been heard it's been heard loudly and it is it's not only greatly appreciated i would argue it's it's been needed you have the typical jackasses in the media being who they are the mob can't stand these people um and their viciousness is just you know predictable and typical um but i'm not i don't listen to them i don't give a flying rip about them whatever switch I was supposed to have or maybe had early in my career that gave off gave one rip about what any negative person has it's it's gone. I don't care. We live in America and guess what? We still do have freedom of speech. They haven't shut us down yet. And thank God the this this explosion of talk radio led by Rush from less than 200 talk station formats in the country to now over 4,000 and saving the AM band. Then later the FM band, you know, many F, we're on so many FM stations now it's insane or AM and FM combo stations. We ever, we ever calculated our, our the number of stations we're on AM and FM. It'd be like, a, you know, over a thousand. It's crazy. And we're very grateful. All of us, you know, all our, my, I, I if I went through the list, I'm going to miss, too, too many people, Lars Larson, Joe Paggs. I was on with my buddy Mark Davis this morning, you know, Prager and 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 our good friend Mike Gallagher. I, haven't I need to talk to Mike. I haven't talked to him in a while. And all of us are very appreciative. You give us all this microphone every day. And it's an honor to be here. And we get to follow our dreams and our passions, and, and we share the events of the day together and we fight for the values and the principles of liberty and freedom. And those of us that are conservative, the things that, that are most important to us, we fight for it because we know these policies worked and we know 
Modern history has proven that as implemented by Donald Trump. And we're sick of weak Republicans. And I'll get into some of that later in the program today. And they, they don't seem to have that fight. The hardest part here is we've lost our best player. Neil Bortz, who was on TV with me last night, he was the first one to say he's the Babe Ruth of our industry. And then I, I expanded it out. I added to it. He's Babe Ruth. Let's see. Lou Gehrig. He's Hank Aaron. Derek Jeter. He's basically the whole team. You know, and the there is nobody that will replace Rush. It's impossible. You can't replace the the franchise quarterback. You can't replace the franchise quarterback, running back, tight end, and wide receiver. You just can't because that's what we're talking about. Herculean efforts, and there are going to be people, and, you know, my answer to everybody is, all right, what would what Rush want? He would want us to continue his life's mission, what he was called to do, what he was born to do, what he was great at, and that is to, to, to fight for the liberty and freedom and the belief in the individual that rights come from God, not from government, not from man, and we're better off with limited government, lower taxes, less government regulation so business can prosper without the stranglehold of regulation that, that pushes jobs overseas. Simple things, you know, choice in school. Free market solutions to health care, cooperatives, health care cooperatives, health care savings accounts, safe schools like you know, with, with choice and law and order in every town and every city and conservative justices on, on the courts. And so we don't have we don't have justices legislating from the bench and secure borders and and energy independence. I'm in all the I'll try anything. Windmills aren't doing particularly well down in Texas right now as they're frozen with their rolling blackouts. But the best technology, I'm all for clean energy. I want as much energy as we can have. It's the lifeblood of the world's economy. We can't, we, I, I, the idea of going back to energy dependence on countries that hate us, making Russia rich again and prosperous and the Iranian mullahs rich again. And, and countries in the Middle East that hate our guts rich again. And China rich again. It drives me nuts. These are simple, basic things. You know, yeah, if you're going to fight a war on terror, win it. Like Trump beat the caliphate. Like Trump took out Soleimani on that tarmac. And took out Baghdadi and associates. And took out the al-Qaeda leader in Yemen. Peace through strength. That's simple the biggest badass military on the face of God's green earth so we can protect liberty and freedom and the individual. So the individual, we're all created by God, every one of us, endowed by our creator, not the thing, you know the thing, no, creator, the creator of everything. And that we can live in, a, in, in liberty and freedom and those God-given talents will then be used for invention, for innovation, risk and reward and hard work being rewarded that's it's freedom never a guarantee of equal results and it works we saw it work under trump we saw it work under reagan we saw it work when newt gingrich was implemented the the contract with america it can work again so the answer 
and I, I, I know that this life's work of rushes, we've all got to, we've all got to up our game. Imagine you're a sports team. Use any sports analogy you want. You lose your best player. You you lose your best players because he represented many players. And what do you do? Do you quit? No, you don't quit. You up your game. You try and fill the void. You can never fill the void, but you do your best to up your game. We can all do better. All of us can do more. All of us can fight a little harder. All of us can get more involved. That, to me, would be the... You know, the the greatest gift to the legacy of this champion of 33 years that led a movement and educated generations of Americans. You know, this, this whole thing about rush babies cracks me up. In other words, the, the kids in their cars with their moms and dads going to school and they get older and they realize... Hey, I'm sick of listening to the same 30 songs over and over again. Let's put on Rush. And then they learn. Then they like it. And they, in, in many cases, that's what happened. It's just a phenomenon. And then the outgrowth of, nobody thought that would work, a daytime syndicated talk show. Nobody. I'm, I'm just giving you the real scoop. And I had just started in radio and, like the year before he was syndicated, I was in a radio studio when somebody told me, have you ever listened to this guy Rush? This old friend of mine out in Santa Barbara sent sweet baby James a note today reminding me he was friends with Rush. He had apparently email friends with him. And, he, you know, he used to call my little show at a college radio station for the short time I was there. And, you know, it's... It, it, it was it was a big deal. It's, it's you got to hear this guy's homeless updates. You talk about this big fig tree in in Santa Barbara where the homeless were a big problem out there at the time. Um, then there was this this some some barbecue store was boycotted, and instead of you know getting angry, Rush said, "I want all of you in Santa Barbara to go to this place." The place got so inundated with customers they had you know because they they gave into a boycott. I mean, cancel culture has existed my entire career. For those of us in talk radio, those of you listening, you know what I'm talking about. Hundreds of millions of dollars spent to silence our voices. And he and he was counterintuitive. And he sent people to the guy's place. And the place got so overwhelmed with, with quote, ditto heads that he, he couldn't keep up with the demand. Oh, man. And he told people, be nice when you go. Tell them I said hello. Great story. Great champion. But I know that that's what he'd want. This was his life's work. This was his calling. I do believe we have callings. I really believe that. I do believe, you know, I, I, I say it often, so maybe I overuse this analogy the little bit of latin that i learned in high school i went to what was called a seminary saint Pius the 10th seminary and we studied theology had to take latin and had to go to mass every day and actually ended up being a great thing in my life because it it somehow deep inside even though i was trying to sleep most of the time instead of pay attention which i should have been doing it got through and the you know, I have a pretty finely tuned conscience. I know when I'm right and I know when I'm wrong. 
And so in that sense, it was a good thing. But the word educare from the Latin is means to bring forth from within. And if you believe, as I do, every man, woman, and child on this earth is created by the same God, and I believe that with all my heart, and then to tie it to political terms, because spirituality, faith is intertwined with, with politics, if you believe that we're endowed by a creator, then you believe that those talents are there, and the best way to bring the talents out of people is to live free, to live in liberty, and to live in freedom. And that's where the invention, innovation, that's where hard work, uh, that's where you, you, fire, you, you find your particular gifts, and you bring them to fruition. And others will want and need, desire your goods that you produce or services that you provide. And that's the, the system that creates the standard of living that has made America second to none. Now we're going into the system that failed. Socialism always ends the same way. Unfulfilled promises, more poverty, and then it's a matter of degree. How much freedom did you give up in the name of false security? You know, like Obamacare, keep your doctor plan and save money. How are those big cities doing educating our kids run by liberal Democrats? How's big, how are these big cities doing with their simple task of basic law and order? Now we're going to get now they're going to take over every aspect of our life. Green New Deal. 800-941-SHAWN. You want to be a part of the program. We've got a lot coming up today. Uh, thanks. As, and by the way, and thank you for being with us. All of you. That's the, we know what Russia's bucket list was now, don't we? It wasn't to go anywhere, travel anywhere, do anything, relax, sit back. No, it was just get well enough. I can get back on the air to be with us. Pretty inspiring. All right, as we roll along, 800-941-SHAWN, you want to be a part of the program. You know what remains? Craziness, insanity all over the country. Let's see. You got uh, Mayor Lightweight in Chicago says the statues of Lincoln, Washington, and Franklin may be now on the chopping block. Just listen. Stay with me here. Bette Midler saying the deadly Texas storm is payback from God. I feel I feel for the people suffering through this weather, but God doesn't seem to like Ted Cruz or John Cornyn. By the way, Ted Cruz only escorted his daughter on a trip to Cancun as a father. You can be a father and a senator at the same time, and he's turning around, coming right back to Texas. Good grief. Chuck Todd, what, here's our media, right? What did he say about the winter storm? Only upside is, well, even though people are freezing to death, well, at least they might wear a mask. This is, this is the world we're living in. A New York City waitress was fired for not getting the COVID-19 vaccine. How is this happening? Democrats now have introduced a resolution to ban President Trump from stepping foot on the Capitol grounds. They put forward a bill blocking President Trump from even having a park bench named after him. Now they're trying to pass a bill that would ban presidents impeached twice from being buried at Arlington. And notice impeached, not convicted. David Schoen was just canceled for a speech. Unbelievable. Unreal. That's what we're dealing with. Don't you think it's time to engage at a higher level? I do. We'll continue. 
All right, 25 to the top of the hour. Thank you for being with us. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. I mean, think about this. All right, we'll, we'll ban any president that has, has been impeached, not convicted, twice from a burial at Arlington. Such forgiveness. House Democrats hire a social justice activist. Get this, House Democrats, Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, given a top advisory position to an ex-felon who touted looting as a legitimate method of activism, according to a report out today. Hmm. I don't understand why you can't condemn violent police and acknowledging looting as a violent form of social protest. Okay. Well, that's great for civil society. A four-page bill that would block the Trump name from ever even being used on a park bench. Now, it doesn't mention Trump by name, but it clearly aimed at him, considering that would be the only person that it would apply to. And the resolution to permanently ban Trump from stepping foot on U.S. Capitol grounds. Amazing. New York waitress fired after getting the COVID-19 vaccine. After not getting it. We're going to force people to get vaccines now. I'm not an anti- I'm going to when my number's called. I, I've told you I hate the idea of doing it, but I'm doing it. I'm going to, I've made my decision along with the consultation of my doctor. Not cutting in front of any line, not asking for special favors. Whatever my my time is, I'll I'll go through the process. But that's my personal decision. You should have the freedom to choose for yourself. Linda thinks I'm nuts to get the vaccine. She thinks I'm nuts that I get a flu shot every year. Half my friends think I'm nuts. I don't care. We, we can agree to disagree on some things. That's what, But you make your own decision with your own doctor. Shouldn't get fired because you, you don't want to take a vaccine that's new and that has been fast-tracked because of the pandemic. I've read enough about it. I've made up my own mind. I've talked to other experts. Well, there is an upside to Texas's winter storm, according to Chuck Todd, is, well, people might wear a mask. Wow. Let's see, 10 people have died because of the worsening conditions, because in part the turbines failed. Bette Midler saying that in a tweet, I feel sorry for the people suffering through this weather, but God doesn't seem to like Ted Cruz or John Cornyn. If, it is, if this isn't payback, I don't know what is. These are the, the, these are the, these are the cultural battles of our time. That's why I always say all hands on deck. You want to talk about Biden's plans as it relates to the topics? Now, they're actually now saying that they might use executive actions on, on gun bills. I'm like, are you kidding me? But please tell me you're kidding me. That can't possibly be true. The Secretary of State, according to a report, uh, Blinken founded a firm that received Chinese money and DOD researched linked universities. Great. Wow. Republicans, by the way, are pressing Biden's administration to move the 2022 Olympics out of China. We're currently talking about changing our posture, our plans as it relates to Beijing and the Olympics. Jen Psaki said, well, we consult, of course, closely with allies. They'll never do it. No way. Not happening.
I don't see that happening ever in my lifetime, but we'll see. Time will tell. Um, how is it possible that Joe Biden meets with Cuomo and they didn't discuss the COVID nursing home crisis? According to Jen Psaki, so she, maybe she needs to circle back with us on that. And maybe it's just circle back. I'll circle back, circle back, circle back, circle back, circle back, circle back. We're going to circle back. At a town hall, attendee asked Biden how he's going to make $50,000 of student debt disappear. His answer, I'll not make that happen. Um, and says he has better plans in store. What? We're going to not only forgive the 50000 in debt. Well, what? We'll give you 50000 more? Well, who's going to pay for that? I told, you know, all the things, the most radical agenda ever put forth by any political party, the Biden-Bernie manifesto, the AOC, New Green Deal. She's, she's the real speaker in the House, and that is Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez. Nancy Pelosi, speaker in name only, because she has no wiggle room at all. And if Ocasio-Cortez and the squad decide she's out as speaker, she's out as speaker. Jen Psaki refusing to guarantee that COVID stimulus monies won't be used to fund abortion. Wow. And then Biden, how did he make this claim? That there was no vaccine when he came into office? The biggest thing we talked about, the one thing we talked about is to have the vaccine that which we didn't have when we came into office. Yes, you did. We would, at that time, about a million Americans were getting the vaccine a day when he took office. What is she? What is he talking about? And then, of course, there's this moment, because I always, media apparently, the snowflakes in the country are a little upset that I say, yeah, he looks weak to me, he looks frail to me, and he looks like he's struggling cognitively. I won't spend the time playing the long version of every example of him struggling cognitively. Uh, the more recent one was when he said, yeah, by the summer we're going we're gonna to get the vaccine to 300 Americans. Okay, might have misspoke. Nope, because in the same speech, I want to reiterate, I want to make the point, 300 Americans. And then Biden said this, I wake up every morning and I, have to, I ask, Jill, where are we? Listen. You have... Um over the years, over your career, you've already spent a great deal of time at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, except now you're living there and you're president. It's been four weeks. What's it like? How's it different? I get up in the morning, look at Jill and say, where the hell are we? Uh, no, it's. Um... All right. That's a, where the hell are we? You're in the White House, Joe. That's what you are. Joe saying that he didn't have the vaccine when he got in office. I actually have the audio. This is Joe Biden getting the vaccine. Listen. What I want to say is we owe these folks an awful lot. The scientists and the people who uh, put this together, the frontline workers, the people who were the ones who actually did the clinical work. It's just amazing. And I wish we had time to take you through the whole hospital to see how busy and incredible you all are. And uh, we owe you big. We really do. And uh, one of the things is that I think that uh, the administration deserves some credit getting this off the ground with Operation Warp Speed. I also think that uh, it's worth saying that uh, this is, is great hope. I'm doing this to demonstrate that people should be prepared when it's available to take the vaccine. There's nothing to worry about. 
I'm looking forward to the second shot. So is Jill. She's had her shot. And uh, but the important thing is that it's worth stating that, uh, you know, this is just the beginning. It's one thing to get the vaccine out. And now Moderna is. Uh, all right. Enough is, of that. Is he was saying be... <laughs> this all before Christmas when he was getting the vaccine and Jill Biden had already gotten the vaccine. And now he's saying, well, we didn't have the vaccine. Yeah, you had the vaccine. About a million Americans a day were getting it when when you took office. I wake up every morning and I say, where the hell are we? Okay, that's that's very reassuring to me. Wow. Now we got, let's see, we got the Biden immigration bill. Oh, okay, this is going to be interesting. And now Biden is saying that he'd be willing to use executive action. This is what Kamala Harris was running on. They'd use executive action to get the gun control measures, the radical gun control measures. Remember, he's going to make Beto Bozo his guns are, and Beto Bozo, hell yeah, we're coming for your AK-47s. We're coming for your assault weapons. Well, apparently they are, and again, like everything else, Joe Biden said, well, I'm not a dictator. I actually need the votes. I got to get the votes. Can't do it by executive action. Now he's doing everything by executive action. Well, we actually have three co-equal branches of government, one of them the judiciary, and they often... If there's conflicts between the legislative and executive branch, they often serve as the intermediary, the mediator. Then you have this other branch. It's called that co-equal branch called the legislative branch. They're the ones that are supposed to pass the legislation. Then you have the choice. Both houses pass legislation and you can sign it into law. And if it doesn't happen that way, you don't get to do it all by executive fiat. Now, and they're even talking about that as it relates to. The issue of borders, that, that, that's not good either. Talking about his immigration bill, it's, this is an amnesty bill. And it's backed by Biden. Under fight, it's going to extend literally amnesty. If you've been here three years, you'll have a right to get citizenship. Immediately get a green card. We're talking about citizenship to nearly 20 million immigrants. A population, let's put it this way, five times that of uh, Los Angeles, and extend even an invitation to those recently deported. Come on back. Stephen Miller, Trump advisor. It's extraordinarily radical. And then, oh, you'll be able to get your citizenship in three years. Huh, what's happening in three years? Oh, we'll be heading into the next presidential election cycle. How convenient. It would rewrite the rules for deportees and let them come back and apply for citizenship. You're, you're, they're not in the country. And they'll bring you back. If you're here, three years, all set, you get your citizenship. That's called amnesty. You can call it anything you want to call it, but that's what, in the end, what it is. Um, by the way, fake news CNN fact checkers uh, but bust Biden for repeatedly lying. Even they did this during his town hall. About time that they recognize that he's lying. You know, Biden said the seven dollars and twenty five cents per hour federal minimum wage is too low and then said if we gradually increased it when we indexed it at seven dollars and twenty cents, if we kept it indexed by to his words, inflation, people would be making 20 bucks an hour right now. That's what it would be. False. White House told CNN after the event. Oh, you got it mixed up with another statistic about the minimum wage. Of course, Joe gets things mixed up all the time. 
Speaking about undocumented immigrants, he said the vast majority of people, those 11 million undocumented, they're not Hispanics. They're people who came on a visa and they who was a, were able to buy a ticket to get in a plane and didn't go home. They didn't come across the Rio Grande swimming. Well, there's places on the Rio Grande. I've been there. You don't have to swim. Anyway, Biden was wrong to claim. In other words, you can walk, you walk through water, but it's very shallow. Uh, Biden was wrong to claim that the majority of undocumented immigrants in the U.S. are not Hispanic. Migration Policy Institute, yeah, they estimated 2018, 73% undocumented people in the U.S. speak Spanish at home, 68% Mexico and Central American region, 7 additional percent from South America. And Pew Research uh, Center found the Mexican share of the undocumented population uh, still made up 77% of illegal immigrants now by the, they're also talking about banning the words you can't say the words uh alien that they're actually putting this forward you know i'm like hello is there something wrong i mean that that is the statutory language that is in the, in other words the language in bills that actually laws that say what now that's illegal too Oh, that's racist. Tell me, why is it racist? How is it racist? We always have to change the terms to satisfy satisfy liberals, whatever cause celeb wokeness of the moment, I guess is what you can call it. Not trying to insult anybody. I don't mind people coming into this country. Just do it legally. I'd like to check out your background. Make sure you don't have radical associations. I guess at this point in time, it would probably be good to have health checks for anybody coming into the country. And maybe we should just kind of mandate that if you come to the country, don't expect the American taxpayer to pay for your schools, your health care and your housing and anything else that you might need. You're going to have to show that you're going to be able to provide for yourself. Anyway, 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of this extravaganza. Unbelievable times we're living in. So much ground to cover today. You know, um, Mitch McConnell's comments uh, over the weekend last weekend uh, really, really angered me and angered many other people. And I just got to tell you, there is, look, there's a battle within the Democratic Party ranks and there's one within the Republican Party ranks. And that is that there are people, the establishment figures, like Mitch McConnell, by the way, the same establishment people, they never liked Reagan either. They never liked the Tea Party, and they weren't too fond of Newt. The three moments of, 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 of the major moments of conservative policies being advanced, the establishment didn't like it. Amiable dunce, that comment, yeah, that was the establishment. That wasn't Democrats. But if you look at the base of the party, Senator Ron Johnson said it well, yeah, he doesn't speak for the conference, meaning Mitch McConnell. Doesn't speak for the majority of the conference. And if you look at McConnell's favorability underwater by a dramatic, he's even below Schumer in terms of uh, favorability and Pelosi. Trump? No, 90% of the party loves him. So let's see, Mitch versus Trump. Who wins? Trump, America first. Yep. Hour two, glad you're with us, Sean Hannity Show. Our toll-free number, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. Joining us now, I've, I've been saying this for a long time. In my lifetime, three real huge waves of conservatism. You might give 
might say the Tea Party was certainly in there as well, but it was Reagan. It was Newt Gingrich in the contract with America. Uh, it was Donald Trump. What are the similarities? Well, it was it was taking on the establishment. Remember, the establishment hated Ronald Reagan. Remember the term amiable dunce? Yeah, that was the Republican establishment types. Uh, so we've always struggled with them. The first time in 40 years by ideas and promises that were made and kept the contract with America. And it was and it was based on ideas and a whole series of of videotapes that were created by Newt Gingrich renewing American civilization and also Donald Trump. We can I have been saying this now for two weeks and I'm not going to stop because I want everybody to know how simple this really is. What we believe as conservatives is not complicated. Liberty and freedom is the foundation of all of it on our Constitution. Then we talk about lower taxes, less bureaucracy. Nobody cut the bureaucracy more than Donald Trump. So businesses can thrive, compete and flourish and jobs created high paying career jobs like the ones that are being wiped out by Joe Biden. We want law and order, safety, security in every town and city, school choice so every kid can get a good education. We want secure borders. We want energy independence. We want health care solutions that that bring in the free market, either health savings accounts, health care cooperatives. There's, there's, there's great options that Republicans weren't ready for as they sh- had show votes to repeal and replace Obamacare. Uh, we believe in our Second Amendment, First Amendment. We want free and fair trade and peace through strength. It's not that complicated. Newt Gingrich, former Speaker of the House, is with us. You said last night, and I want you to expand on this if you can. Uh, great to have you back. You said last night that if Rush Limbaugh weren't on the air, you're not sure you would have taken control of the House of Representatives in 94. He was that powerful a force. Oh, yeah, I, I think that's indisputable. I think the rise of Rush from 1988 to 1994 was so astonishing. Uh, he had so much energy. He was so different. You know, he, he really was, in a sense, the icebreaker who cleared a trail for you and virtually every conservative radio talk host in the country. Uh, and he was really, in some ways, at his first peak in 93, 94. He, he would, we would travel with him. He would come and do events. He talked very positively about, uh, what we were doing and, and how much he supported us. And he, in a way, the House Republicans had been this defeated, passive, uh, almost intimidated minority for 40 years. And Rush helped us get back a sense of pride, a sense, first of all, a sense that we could do it. And you had him on every day, uh, 20 plus million people. And I, I always try to remind people that Russia's impact was not his audience. Russia's impact was all the people his audience talked to. So people would listen to Rush, go to work and say, hey, did you hear Rush say X or did you hear Rush say Y? And <clears throat> my guess is something like 60 or 70 million people were influenced by Russia in that period. And I absolutely do not think we could have won the majority uh, without his presence, uh, his energy, and also 
just his his extraordinarily smart understanding of language and of how conservatives could make the case. Uh, he really taught a generation standing on Reagan's shoulders, and it's no accident that Reagan wrote him uh, after Reagan had left office. You know, the year now, the dominant explanation of conservatism in America. And I think Reagan had uh, great faith in Russia, a real sense that Russia, Russia was fully part of the Reagan revolution. You know, I think back to my time with you, and when I first met you in that Holiday Inn in 1990 in Decatur, Alabama, um, and you were given a speech, and we, we didn't have remote capabilities, technologically speaking, like we do today. I mean, it was a complicated, what's called a Marty system, firing back a signal. We were, you know, it's basically like two Dixie cups on a string, um, but we managed to get it on the air. And then my move to Atlanta, and you always made time to do local radio. I was a local radio host and in in a small market in Huntsville in a in a bigger market in Atlanta and 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 even the day after you became speaker I walked into this room and it, we didn't have the presence of cable like we have today and it was you know ABC and NBC and CBS and you know some young whippersnapper walks in and I said, hey, Mr. Speaker, and you turn and you say, hey, what's going on? You know, you're being nice. I was emceeing the event the night you became Speaker. And I said, would you mind doing my radio show tomorrow? And everybody's looking. The whole, it was like E.F. Hutton speaking. And, you know, who is this guy, right? And you said, of course I'll do it. And you came on my show the next day. When you stopped doing for a period in early on in your, your speakership, you know, I, I said, would you mind? I have a chance to host a show on CNBC. Roger Ailes had given me the opportunity. He said, I'll give you the full hour. Um, and and you understood this medium. You understood before anybody well, else. And there, you wouldn't believe how many senators and congressmen are say no to coming on the shows. And I'm like, why are you even there if you don't want to speak out? You know, there's actually two, two things. Jeff Wansley who had been my staff guy on that particular trip, wrote me this morning. I had seen us together last night and reminded me that he said, after, after you left, I turned to him and I said, you know, that guy's going to go somewhere. Uh, oh, I don't uh, remember that. Boy, you saw something I didn't see in myself. I'll show you that. I still think, you know, I just haven't been caught yet that somebody's going to realize he doesn't belong here. No, I'm, I'm going to send you Jeff's email because it's a very nice, cute email. But the other thing, I don't know if you know this, I did my first talk radio stint in the summer of 1960. Wow. Wow. And uh, on, on, on uh, WHP in, uh, in Harrisburg, there was a guy wow. there who had, d had done a local talk show uh, for years and years. And I'd gone back home uh, since my family was originally from Harrisburg. And he said, well, why don't you come on down and we'll talk politics? And so there I was between my junior and senior years in uh, high school. Uh, doing talk radio, so I've had a, I've had a long belief that you reach an amazing number of people, and I think part of what most guys don't get is, you know, they'll go. And this is, was one of Trump's great advantages in 2015 and 16. You know, these guys will go out and they'll raise all this money to put paid commercials on, which are less believed than the actual person in terms of authenticity. Uh, meanwhile, you could go on a a talk show, whether yours or any of the many others that now exist, you're reaching a huge audience. You sound authentic. 
It didn't cost you a penny. And these guys just don't, they don't get it. The same thing was true with C-SPAN when it came on. I understood instantly that C-SPAN was the House Republicans' method of reaching beyond the areas the Democrats controlled. And my colleagues would all look at me like I was nuts. Why, why are you going over there and talking to an empty room? And I'd say to them, you know, there's a quarter million people watching C-SPAN at any given minute. How far would you travel to speak to 250,000 people? Well, I travel one, you know, one building. And they just they couldn't get it. It's still sadly still true, uh, and Republicans just don't understand the power of the media. I, it's 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 mind numbing to me. It really is because you're right. It's an opportunity. People and people want to hear from politicians. Now, this is where if you if you stand up for the people and and those simple principles, and you can expand on my list of things, but that that is to me, if you break it down in all its simplicity. What conservatives stand for, that's it. And we've allowed the left to, to demonize us and create this, this false narrative. The, the, every, the playbook, two years, every four years, Republicans are racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic. They want dirty air and water and want to kill grandma. That's their, that's their narrative. But they're really now the party of elites, uh, coastal elites at this point, aren't they? They really are. And the, you, you see this. Over and over again, a couple of things I'm going to be doing at Gingrich 360. One is the the Oregon Department of Education has now issued mathematics guidelines saying that you shouldn't actually use numbers in mathematics because it's a sign of, of white supremacy. Uh, and you shouldn't require people to learn the 2 plus 2 equals 4 because that's an imperialistic concept. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to write a piece saying we ought to defund uh, the Oregon Department of Education because it's insane. The other is there's this proposed pledge in the, to the Navy that is crazy, that, that would have every person in the Navy pledging to understand uh, in some complex language that nobody understands. And it's all these left-wing uh, people who are out there, the, the sort of woke elite, who want to impose on the rest of us uh, their vision of reality. And I think it's extraordinarily dangerous, and I think the Biden administration, in that sense, is rapidly on the way to being uh, the most dangerous administration in American history. Well, I don't doubt that at, at, at all, and I think you're right on so many different fronts. You know, the void that Rush leaves, he's irreplaceable, and and you know, and you are, you are very close friends with him, um, and you know as, as well as anybody and when people ask me, I, 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 first, I can't imagine life, any major political moment and not having his voice. That That's like, I can't even imagine it. And when people ask me, well, what does that mean? It means that we got to up our game because we just lost our best player. That's the, that's that's right. the answer. Everyone has to up their game. And, that's right. and the, the whole, I mean the whole, that. The whole team... The whole team has to pull together. And frankly, I, I urge everybody to focus on 2022. Don't don't get sucked into the news media desire to have us fight a Republican civil war. Let's focus on winning the House, winning back the Senate, and, and on creating and, and talking through a new generation of solutions based on exactly the list that you laid out, uh, which I think is a very solid list and is at the heart of modern American conservatism. I think I think Rush would have endorsed it, but I don't. I don't he would he, want us 
to take the mantle of the fight, the passion. And I said yesterday, his bucket, we now know what his bucket list consisted of. Staying on the air, going through hell, these treatments, and not going on a trip, not not climbing Mount Everest, or going to Hawaii. It was to to be with his audience. It's an amazing statement. By by the way, we should take just a minute to uh, remind everybody that uh, Senator Bob Dole has now announced that he also has stage four cancer, and our prayers should go out uh, for Bob and and. Uh, I just he heard. I literally just heard this. Yes, sad. I agree. Listen, the cancer, the treatments. It's it's brutal. It's hell. All right, twenty five till the top of the hour. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean, you want to be a part of the program? We're now joined by our friend Jeff Lord, former Reagan administration official. He's got his own podcast, uh, "The Word of the Lord." <laughs> Some people take that the wrong. Sort of like Rush saying, "With talent on loan from God," you know the way he would say it. Um, and have my brain tied behind my back just to make it fair. All that stuff. Uh, he joins us. Also was a dear friend of Rush and even communicated with him very recently. Um, we lost a dear friend. One thing I will tell you about Jeff Lord is that, you know, there's not many people in media at all that will ever defend any of us that are conservative on the radio. One guy that always, always, always has been there to help is Jeff Lord, who himself then became a victim of the cancel culture over at Fake News CNN. Um, anyway, sir, welcome back to the program. Uh, it's, you know, we lost our best player on the field by far. And I just keep telling everybody we all have to, as spokes in a one wheel, up our game. Rush would want that. You're you're absolutely right. I mean, it's now in our hands, and uh, you know, life moves on. But I, I did want to tell you this funny story. The last last time I had a communication for him from him, I was listening to him one day, and um, he he was talking about. We both watched Brett Baer's special report at night, and Brett occasionally has on Harold Ford, the former Tennessee congressman who's in the financial business now in New York, and Harold was was on one night, and behind him in his apartment, which I later learned may not have been his, but there was a portrait of Chairman Mao. Well, Rush picked up on this and was talking about this on air and what this means about the leftist mindset and all of this kind of thing, and he was laughing about it. And I thought, well, you know, interesting story, funny, because I'd seen the same thing. Well, the next time Harold was on, I'm watching this, and up. He's not in front of the mile portrait anymore. He's uh-huh. in the kitchen. <laughs> well, see the I, power I was, of Rush right there. He just got rid of the exactly. mouth. I, I was so. Didn't was so didn't amazed. Harold Ford Jr. say, "No, no, no, I'm I'm running the house. It's furnished or something." Yes, yes, he did. Well, I was so amused by this that I shot off a note to Rush. It was treatment week, and I thought, God, if anybody needs a little cheering up and a laugh, it's him. Well, the next morning. <laughs> I wake up, and there's an answer. It's January 27th. And he says, I saw that, Jeffrey. He was in his kitchen in front of the stove faucet you would use to fill a pot of pasta or some such. White brick background. We forced him to move his laptop to his stovetop. <laughs> oh, good grief. That's hilarious. Um, you know, um, there's just nobody like him. You know, you think of, you know, the unique, unique take that Rush would have on anything. This is how nuts things are. Democrats have introduced a resolution to permanently ban Trump 
from ever stepping foot on Capitol grounds. Uh, the, you have a lawmaker putting forward a bill out in California uh, that would block tr- uh, the Trump name from even being put on a park bench. I, I mean, this is how nuts people are. You have another bill that would ban any president that's been impeached twice from being buried at Arlington. You've got House Democrats, on the other hand, hiring a, a social justice activist who called looting a vital form of social protest. House Democrats hiring that. Uh, our friend David Schoen, canceled by a law school. Uh, he's a civil rights attorney. And then you got fake news, CNN and MSDNC paying this left wing activist. Um, this guy, John Sullivan from uh, Black Lives Matter, 70 grand. This is the guy charged in the in the Capitol riots, getting a check from fake news, CNN and MSDNC. You know, Sean, this is a serious serious problem that we have here and you know this began with with those of you on air with rush with you with later tucker and 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 laura etc and now it's graduated to taking fox off cable and all of this kind of thing and all of these things that you just mentioned it all comes from the same thing it's intolerance of uh diversity intellectual diversity and it's 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 fascism flat out and, you know, that was the, the charge that I had raised when writing about you, when they were going after you in 2017. And I said, you know, let's be plain here. This is, this is fascism, American fascism. And, uh, you know, God bless you. And By the Fox way, Radio an establishment figure extraordinaire, Jonah Goldberg, wrote the book with the name Liberal Fascism. Fascism. Exactly. I guess he wouldn't say it today. He probably would, would think his own language is over the top. Yeah, his uh, publisher might cancel him. Uh, this this is a real problem, and and the best way that I can figure out how to fight this is, you know, your show, the other shows, you know, columns, podcasts, etc. But we cannot let this kind of thing go on here. Uh, I mean, this is just unacceptable. When they canceled, what, what was it, Senator Hawley's uh, book contract with Simon and Schuster, uh, David Schoen's problem. Um, you know, this kind of thing began in a way in college campuses, and it's now spread. And, uh, you know, we've got a real fight on our hands. And I'm, I'm, among other things, aside from missing Rush on a personal level, I'm really sorry he's not here for this because he got this to, uh, to his core. You know, and, and uh, you know, he taught so many now generations of, of us. And, and, you know, it's funny to me, because if you listen to the left, you listen to liberals, they claim that they have a monopoly of compassion for minorities in America. And Republicans, they are racist. Well, it's interesting because they're now amnesty policies, which they have now unveiled. And it is amnesty. It's everything we said it would be. Even Joe threatening on the Second Amendment. He's threatening to even use executive orders, something Kamala Harris had said. And I, I listen. That's going to be so we have 17 million people, 19 million people out of work with the pandemic. So we don't have those jobs with the stroke of a pen. We're losing high paying career jobs all over the energy sector and those support businesses that will go under as a result also. 
Uh, and now, now we're going to have all these illegal immigrants come into the country. It's going to drive wages down to next to nothing. And when they well, fire these these guys that are working on the pipeline and in energy jobs, again, hundred thousand bucks a year and a lot more, depending on what their skill level is and the time they they've worked in the industry. You know, well, just we want you to get another union job. Well, what other union job? Where's that going right. to come from? Right, Sean. I remember in the past when you were you were making a move to help people get jobs out in was it North Dakota or North Dakota, or they, Texas, Oklahoma. We were working with all these energy companies. It changed people's lives. It was uh, an amazing moment. Exactly, and and the point is, Sean, you couldn't do that if the jobs were no longer there. And, and and when they're going to crush these jobs and and blithely say, as John Kerry said, "Well, let them build solar panels," uh, I, I mean, this is this is mind-boggling insensitivity, and it's going to do and is doing right now real damage to some people. Uh, they lose a good-paying job like this, and all the dominoes in terms of sending their kids to schools and and just getting food on the table are going to fall, and all because of this you know, unbelievable, arrogant elitism here that these people have. I, I, I'll tell you, these these are amazing times. And now is the time, now that the second uh, shift show charade is over and the impeachment madness is now officially over, now maybe we'll pay attention to what Biden's doing with amnesty. Now we'll, maybe we'll pay attention yeah. His student loan forgiveness. Uh, who's going to pay the fifty grand per student? Uh, now we'll look at at his uh, not only open border policies, the end of energy independence in the country, the high taxes that are coming, ruling by executive fiat, ignoring an entire branch of of government, and that being the legislative branch. And maybe people begin to understand that, yeah, this is real. And this is extraordinarily radical, the most radical agenda any major party ever ran on, and now it's being implemented. Well, that's right. And and the way they're going to come to understand this is, one, from the practical effect, like all these guys out there uh, on, the, on the Keystone Pipeline who are now out of work. But... They're going to understand it through through conservative media because we're the ones who are going to put the spotlight on all of these different things to do just as Rush did, to, to help educate people, to help enlighten. I was going through, I have a copy that came not long ago of his last Limbaugh letter that I subscribed to, and the very back of it, uh, he has a whole section there on, I am a reporter, and he talks about the liberal media bias, and it, he made it his mission to report the facts and context, et cetera. Well, that ball is now in our hands. So on you we know, go. I, it, it, it's funny. I'll tell you an ongoing conversation he and I have been having. This is over the last number of months. Uh, and it's about the future of the country. And and he, I don't know. I think it's because I'm, you know, raised Irish Catholic. I really, I really believe that was... You know, you're always waiting for the next, you know, whatever to blow up on your head. And, <laughs> you know, a superstitious, I have no idea. But he had a far more optimistic belief that America will overcome all of this. What I'm afraid of and what I'm concerned with, and I and we and these are long texts that we're sending back and forth. I think you get to the point of no return that you can't undo socialism 
with without major, massive, huge disruption and the painful transition that would accompanying it would would be accompanying it. And he 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 acknowledged that he yeah it, at some point it becomes that difficult, but on the other hand, I think we can all argue that Donald Trump ch- turned things around much much more quickly than anyone ever thought with record low unemployment for every demographic in the country. You take COVID out of the equation for the 2020 election, I, I can make you an argument. Donald Trump could have won 45 states. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree totally. Well, the one thing is, Sean, if I learned anything from working for President Reagan, I mean, he knew in his gut that the Soviet Union, if pushed, would collapse in on itself. And I think that's what's going to have with this kind of thing. You know, what we've seen in Texas with all the frozen windmill uh, things. I mean, how dumb. It's a disaster. And Rick Perry is right. They don't want to get on the federal grid system. Texas is the only state that has their independence. But... Jeff, you're a good man. We love you, and and thank you as always for all you do and being with us. And his you podcast is the word friend. of the. By the way, it's it's very Russian. It's very Limbaugh like. Um, <laughs> the word of the Lord, Jeffrey Lord. Uh, anyway, thank you, sir. All right, news roundup, information overload uh, hour coming up next. Uh, next hour, it's going to be Dan Bongino. End your calls. We got time for a call here. Uh, let's say hi to Tyler. He's in the great state of Missouri. Missouri, obviously, morning uh, for our friend Rush. Uh, thanks, Tyler, for calling. Glad you joined us. Most certainly, Sean. Uh, under better circumstances would have been nice, but uh, I go back with uh, Rush Limbaugh to 1994. I had just gotten back into radio after maybe 10 months' absence or whatever it was, and a regional radio group from Rush's hometown had bought our station and some others in the area. And they kind of, you know, in our case, we were playing some old music, country music, or some pop from the 60s, 70s, 80s. And next thing you know, by 93 and certainly in 94, you've got Barry Farber and Rush Limbaugh and Paul Harvey and all those guys on this format. But but even more importantly, uh, you know, I was kind of feeling my way into uh, politics at that time, uh, more so than even before. And uh, I would sit in the control room rather than sitting in my own desk. And I'd try to do as much as my own work in there when I was probably 23 years old and gobbling up these programs, particularly Limbaugh at the time. And you think about how he just transformed that industry. I, I no longer work in it, but I did for a number of years. And, uh, you know, he became bigger than Paul Harvey, and I like to, uh, and to the family, I'm sure they'll get it. He was even cooler than Wolfman Jack, on a side note, because he was such oh, a music man. fan. Yeah, you're, you know, you are, you're one of music. my old-time radio buddies. It's like when I talk to Scott Shannon. Hannity. Yeah. Shannon. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, and, and he, look, this is the guy that created Morning Zoo Radio. I mean, there's so many great, amazing broadcasters. You mentioned Paul Harvey. Good day. I mean, phenomenal people. I had a chance to meet Paul Harvey only once. And I know his son. His son is a great guy, Paul Harvey Jr. Mm-hmm. And I met him at the at one of the Radio Hall of Fame inductions. And uh, it was in Chicago. And I, he's just such a gracious man. We're so blessed to be in this industry. Are you still in it at all, Tyler, or no? No, I got out about 13 years ago and just doing my small business pursuits. But I, I always enjoyed my time in it. And, and Rush was a... I hate to do this to you, but you, you understand the constraints of time. Uh, I could talk to my radio friends all day. Um, you know what? He's taught us all a lot. Tyler, he's been a rock star. And uh, sorely, sorely missed. Thank you, my friend. God bless you. I wish I had more time. I apologize for that. 
News Roundup Information Overload. Dan Bongino, your call's next. All right, News Roundup Information Overload. Final half hour of the show today, just your calls. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, before I uh, introduce a dear friend of the show and a personal friend, uh, our friend Dan Bongino, uh, he has his website, Bongino.com, which is it's just going up gangbusters. And he, they had a great article on Rush, and it was the 20 greatest quotes of Rush Limbaugh. Now, I can't read it, but some are very long, so I won't read the long ones. They're all great. And you can go to DanBongino.com uh, and, and get the link. We'll even link it up on our website. For government to give, it must first take away. Think of that. The people that make this country work, the people who pay on their mortgages, the people getting up and going to work and striving in this recession to not participate in it, they're not the enemy. They're the people you hire. They're the people that are going to give you a job. Another one. Now, what's the left's worldview in general? What is it? If you had to attach a not a philosophy, but an attitude to the leftist worldview, it's one of the uh, it's one of pessimism and darkness and sadness. They're never happy, are they? They're always angry about something. No matter what they get, they're always angry. Uh, he went on to say liberals always exempt themselves from the rules they impose on others. It's like Congress. They pass bills, but they're not subject to their own bills, right? They have their own health care system, not Obamacare. Liberals measure compassion by how many people are given welfare. Conservatives measure compassion by how many people no longer need it. It's been said by a lot of people, but it's worth repeating. He said, I'm not opposed to the protection of animals, but the best way to do that is to make sure some human being owns them. You know that drives animal rights activists nuts. He said that morality is not defined and cannot be defined by individual choice. No nation has ever taxed itself into prosperity and results that work that don't involve government threatens liberals. And then he said, let me tell you who we conservatives are. We love people. When we look out over the U.S., when we are anywhere, when we see a group of people such as this anywhere, we see Americans, we see human beings, we don't see groups, we don't see victims. Another, in a country of children where the option is Santa Claus or works or work, what wins? Another one, the world's biggest problem is the unequal distribution of capitalism. If there were capitalism everywhere, you wouldn't have food shortages. Another, progress is not striving for economic justice or fairness, but economic growth. Uh, one more, two more. You know why there's a Second Amendment? In case the government fails to follow the first one. By the way, that was taken right out of our founders. I know you're not allowed to quote them today. What about feeling sorry for those who pay taxes? Those, those are the people that no one ever feels sorry for. They're asked to give and give and give and give until they have no more to give. And when they say enough, they're called selfish. Bongino.com. Dan, uh, sir, welcome back to the program. Yeah, good to talk to you, Sean. I know uh, I know you're pretty banged up over this. Man, you and Rush were just, uh, you used to talk about them all. Not used to, you still talk about them all the time. Uh, you know, whether it's private or public conversations, uh, your reverence for them was something to behold. I, You know, I said last night in your show, even when you and I would chat, you know, kind of offline and, 
when it came to Rush, you, you know, sometimes we talk about radio, but you wouldn't even talk about it. You're like, you know what? It, it was, I could tell and you, it's just, you can't fathom a world without Rush because you've been enmeshed in it for so long. And I said on my show this morning, think about this, right? And, and I'm probably being generous with these mile markers. At, within the last two decades, right, you couldn't drive 25 miles or more anywhere in America without between 12 and 9 o'clock at night hitting either you uh, Rush Limbaugh, Mark Levin. Like that, think about that. That's really amazing. Like you could turn on a radio anywhere in America and drive probably closer to 15 miles and you would get a signal anywhere where you could hear you three guys. And I know you always attributed that to Rush. I mean, he, you know, he, like I said on your show again last night, I hate to repeat it, but it's so true. It's not that he was the best player in the game. It's that he was the best player in the game for decades. He was the number one player in the game. And then he invented the darn game. The whole uh, you know, it's, it's such a great way to put it, too. You know, when you really think through this, and I, I told the story about the AM band, and it was headed, you know, for extinction in, in many industry experts' minds. And, and then along came Rush, and what started at less than 200 radio stations, when that were, were formatting for talk radio, it grew to 4,000. It's the most listened to format in radio. And then if you really extend it out and you listen to, well, you can listen to streaming on any any host website or station website. Uh, then you can take it out a little further and you can even look at the options of satellite radio. And then you can take it out a little bit further and where you have had phenomenal success in, in podcasting. And, and that's another way that people get to hear even more voices. And I, I like the idea of more voices. You know, Rush always understood this isn't a zero-sum game, that his success was somehow predicated on somebody else's failure. Just the opposite. He actually championed the success of, of people like you and, and myself and Mark and others. I, I mean, yeah, and we all benefited from the, the trailblazing of Rush Limbaugh and the path that he forged. Yeah, you know, it was really an amazing kind of um, phone game chain of information. You know, you'd have kind of new guys to the field and the space like me. You know, I've only been doing this for about five years. And, you know, I... Yeah, I'm just a former New York City cop. I'm just, you know, former <laughs> Secret Service agent. Yeah, you know, right. I yeah, wasn't I was, doing I was anything up. important before this. So go ahead. I'm, yeah, I'm I messing bored. with it. I was bored hanging around my house, figured I'd do a podcast. So, <laughs> you know, I, of course, you know, met you through Fox and radio. And as we got to be friendly, I'd call you for advice because... You know, you're one of those guys who's dominated two spaces. That's very rare, TV and radio. Just the fact. I mean, it's, I know you don't. You're uncomfortable with praise, but it's just true. I hate so it. I yeah, really I was just about advice. to say. All right, enough, enough about me. Let's move on. Yeah, you hate. I know you hate it, but it's just true. And but it's interesting because even though you and your own right have had a very successful radio show, every time we would ask, I'd ask you for advice about the audio product, whether it's digital, terrestrial. I'm on terrestrial, not nearly as many markets as you, but you would always say, you know, like. Some form of the iteration of it would be something like, well, what would Rush think, right? You would always go back to what Rush told you or what Rush was thinking or what you think Rush would be thinking. And I'm telling you, I'd scratch my head. I'd be like, man, he really, really, like, holds See, Rush in such unbelievably high regard. It's, I'm, not he was... I'm not making this up because I'm on his show. I'm, this is the truth. Sean actually said all the time, what would Rush say? Here's what Rush told me. You would say, hey, wait, here's another one. Remember, you did those 20 quotes. Here's the best Sean Hannity quotes about Rush Limbaugh. Oh, Rush boy. told me once, 
Rush is thinking. I think Rush would be thinking. <laughs> I'll check with Rush. Hold on. Rush told me once. You know, the one, time, one time Rush told me this. I mean, you said that so much. And it really, Levin's the same way. And it really spoke to, I mean, really, put your success aside for a minute, like a guy in your position now that you constantly go back and we're paying tribute to this guy speaks to the greatness of this guy. I mean, this is a huge hole, Sean. This is like the equivalent of like a terrestrial radio black hole. I mean, who fills that spot? Who fills that spot? The answer is you can't. They were just, yeah. you, you can't replace Babe Ruth. You can't replace Mickey Mantle. You can't replace no. Hank Aaron. You can't replace, uh, you know, Derek Jeter. You just can't. I mean, and, you know, I, I, I will say this. I want to move on to a couple of things. Now, we're all blessed, and my answer is, all right, we lost our best player, up our game, up our game. So I'm telling everybody right now, up your game. And and you've been doing so phenomenally well, and uh First thing I want to address, you yourself, and you've been public about it, or I'd never bring it up, uh, you had your own cancer battle, and you've just finished your treatments, if, and if any part of this you want me to not talk about, stop me immediately, no. No, and don't. you are feeling great. You have, I think you have today another test, if my memory serves me well, and or it was yesterday, rather. And you were supposed to call yeah. me, you are supposed to text me, and you didn't. I'm not going to ask no. you to tell me on the air. I'm just hoping it's all good news. And, no, it wasn't. Um, but um, I will tell you on the air, because I just found out, actually. Was, so I took an MRI yesterday, uh, and I, I just got, you know, it takes a while for them to read it. And, you know, I, it looks like I've, I've got some mass in my lungs. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just hard to constantly deal with this. We don't know what it is yet, but... Uh, I'm going to send it out to MD Anderson, have them look at it too. But it's, it was big enough that, you know, it's not the kind of thing you want to hear. And, you know, that's why the rush story to me, outside of the fact that he, I mean, literally changed my life. I wouldn't, I would have never met you if it wasn't for Rush Limbaugh ever, because I wouldn't be a conservative. If it wasn't for rush. That's why his story, you know, and the whole cancer thing, I mean, I thought I was done. I was hoping to get a couple weeks of peace and I didn't even get that before I'm back. Uh, so, you know, the battle with now I know why you didn't text me and you didn't, you didn't have an air. I mean, you, well, but you, you started with there. stage one lymphoma, Dan, right? Yeah. And that's what's so strange because I'm having, having a lot of breathing problems when I work out and stuff. And that's the only reason I went back in and, you know, they found some stuff on a PET scan and they said, ah, oh, maybe it's a little pneumonia and, you know, I'll give you some antibiotics. That was a month ago. And then I went in yesterday for this MRI, and he's like, well, this is a pneumonia, you know, so I don't know what it is. You know, he's a, he's a tech, the guy. He, he doesn't want to give you any medical advice, but he's like, it definitely shouldn't be there. So I, I don't know. I'm, it could be nothing, and, you know, I'm just a hypochondriac at this point. But that's No, you're you not know. a hypochondriac. Listen, I, you know, I was so hopeful that you, had, you I know you had finished your recent treatments, and, and you had your last one. And, you know, I'm just praying that, that this is not the bad. There, there are other growths that are not what it could be. And I'm, I, I, I hope we know soon. It, it sounds like you got it early because you got this early treatment. I'm hoping. Did they, did they say that they believe it's contained? Well, you know, um, I don't know. <laughs> they don't know yet. So I'll probably have to go for another pet. Oh, you so know, like sorry. when Rush said... 
that that our uh, time on his show when he when he first uh, the first few weeks when he revealed he had cancer, and he said that this line it really hit home because that, when he said that, I knew I had cancer, but I didn't know what kind or how aggressive or what staging. And he said, you know, we all know we're doomed, right? We all know we have an expiration date. That's obvious. But this, Rush said something to the effect of, but when you start to figure out what that date is, like everything changes. And I knew exactly what he was saying because that's what I started getting really obviously frightened and terrified about. I was like, you know, was it, is this really serious? I mean, am I going to, what do I got, 20 years, five years? Five, I don't know. I mean, I had a friend in the Secret Service who got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and you know, sadly passed in three months. And, and you start thinking all these crazy things. And, you know, I think I'll be okay. I mean, I'm a pretty healthy guy and I'm, I'm ready for these kind of all, fights. But, all our love you know, and prayers as you go through oh, this and, and, and we're hoping for the most innocuous um, diagnosis and yeah, the most too. phenomenal prognosis. Um, you know, uh, look, don't take this the wrong way. If you start getting sick and dying on me, I'm going to kill you first. Um, <laughs> because, you know, you're just a dear friend and we love you. I know everybody on this program loves you and everybody's going to be praying for you Bye. now hearing this. Um, Bye. Bye. and you're, and you're being so open and I, I did not expect that answer, Dan. I didn't. Yeah, and I, I've been I, talking I to you regularly about your treatments. I did. I'm, I I'm a little taken back by it, to be honest. And I'm, you know, I, I yeah, want I that answer too. sooner than later. Um, and oh, I was too, and I, I didn't, you know, you got a job to do, and I, I just, I, I'm telling you, I just found out about half an hour ago, so I just, uh, you know, it's just a lot to take, so that's why I'm well, so emotional on Fox and Friends this morning, too, about Rush. I was waiting, eagerly waiting to get the news, you know, and, you know, all I wanted to hear was it was nothing, you know, and it, I didn't hear that, and I'm just praying for that call one day where they say, oh, don't worry. It's just a bee thing or a scratch, and I'm yet to get that call, so it's just disappointing. Well, we'll hopefully do, because they did a phenomenal job. Um, I know some of the people that worked on your case and, and the treatment. They were very aggressive in treating the lymphoma. It was caught very, very early, and and that's the thing. That's You know what? The biggest thing that with all cancers, and some are far worse than others, leukemias and Hodgkin's disease, uh, you know, it's almost completely curable, especially in lymphoma, when when it's caught early. I know somebody that's had lymphoma yeah. 26 years that also had yeah. a, a spot on the lung, and it ended up with one lobe being removed, but everything has been fine now for years. And it's just scary times. Um, we're all praying for you. Um, I can't let you go without asking about Parler. Um and uh, I know people want that free speech forum. If you could just give us a slight quick update. Yeah, so we're back up. I mean, obviously, they did a lot of damage on the way out. So you have to go to parlor.com uh, to log on. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's slow. It's running slow, but it's running. Um, we've had some ups and downs over the last few days. But I can't emphasize to your audience enough. You know, I, I listen, we're, I'm not asking for anybody's ex excuses or any nonsense. It should run great. But. They did a lot of damage on the way out, these companies to us. They really did. And uh, it's been, it's, as you well know from me, giving you like some, the scoop sometimes, it is like, it's been a real mess trying to get it back up. I mean, we jumped through hoops and back. So, we need, we're not going. A, we, need, we need healthy alternatives. You know, I used to always say we need to become the media. We need to have become social media now. And we need our own platforms because obviously we're not wanted elsewhere if you're a conservative. Huh? 
All right, Dan uh, Bongino, we love you. We're, we're praying for a, a quick, speedy, well, first for a great diagnosis. Uh, that would be something called benign. And um, I know you've been through a lot of tough days and weeks uh, recently, and uh, we want you back. We want you healthy. We want, we want you around for a long, long period of time. And uh, we love you, and we're uh, all praying for you. Thanks, buddy. And I really appreciate that, likewise. Thanks a lot. All right. Quick break. Right back. All right. 25 to the top of the hour. We'll do your calls for the half hour here today. Hannity, 9 Eastern tonight on Fox. Hope you'll join us. Hope you'll set your DVR. Look, thousands of you have been listening, and I'm so glad because, you know what? Your taxes are going to go up. Money equals freedom. You want to save as much as you can. One easy, simple way to save a lot of money every single month is by switching from the big carriers for your cell phone, AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, to Pure Talk USA. Now, you're thinking, well, I'm not going to get the same great coverage. Nope, you get the exact same great coverage using the exact same cell towers with the exact same number of bars uh, with your exact same phone and phone number. And they offer more plans, more options. Ones, you know, In other words, you're not going to be paying for perks or data that you don't ever need. You can get right now at Pure Talk, unlimited talk, unlimited text, six gigs of data, just 30 bucks a month. And now how do you do it? How do you save money? On average, a family is saving over 800 bucks a year. Well, just dial pound 250 on your cell. Say the keyword, save now. Pound 250 on your cell. Say the keyword, save now from our friends at Pure Talk USA. Uh, okay, let's get to our phones. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Big time AJ, Houston, Texas. What's going on, baby? I know I feel sorry for big time. Big time, do you have your power on? Big time Sean Hannity. I got to go silent here because my man Rush Limbaugh oh. is gone. And we all, I thought some prayers goes out to the family and Bongino as well. Uh, Rush was the Jackie Robinson of talk radio, just like Jackie Robinson was the man of the hour of his time. And big time, Sean, we doing just fine here in Texas. And uh, the worst part about it is I came out of power last night and got back on by about four hours. I got lucky. How, how cold Still did no your water. house get? How cold was your house? Oh, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It was because right. I had power all the time. They doing these rolling blackouts for some right. odd reason, and uh, it wasn't bad. You just well, that's not for some bad. odd reason. A lot of the reason is the wind turbines are frozen and not working. Well, you know, it's so much for the Green Deal. I hope the Republicans have enough gahonies. Like Rush said, I hope they have enough gahonies to go after that Green Deal bullcrap. And let's get back to the regular energy that God gave us to use. And that goes to show you the good Lord, he controls what goes on, not man. So, America, don't let these left-wing idiots tell you that they can control stuff because they can't. We all see it here in Houston and Texas itself, what happened. Look, we never seen nothing like this in Texas. And what really should have never, we had days of warning. And look like them people that's up there in that city hall or wherever they at, they didn't take the heat like they didn't do at the Capitol building. They had warning, and they didn't take the precautions to do what they needed to do. So everybody's here. We are helping everybody, trying to 
make sure everybody's got water. I've been running, making sure people got generators and all this stuff for these, you know, apartments, houses, and pipes busting. And no, that's uh, a big that's problem be a down big there. Fix. Yeah, it's going to be a well, big fix problem. You know, it, and and and, by, and the media is beating the crap out of Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz, you know, he has a family. He has he has kids. And he was flying his daughter down to Cancun. He's coming back tomorrow. He's gone less than 24 hours. And, oh, Ted Cruz left. No, he didn't leave town. He has to be a parent, too. You can balance both. Um, exactly. Just unfair. You know, I got to tell you big time. Um, guys like me, Rush, Joe Pags, our buddy that I know you're friends with and you call into, we're lucky to have friends like you that are such loyal supporters. We love you. Exactly. Praying and for Sean, my friends down love, in Houston. I don't know well, all of Sean, Texas. I'm going to say the torch is going to rush passing the torch to you, Joe no. Pags, Mark Levin, all We all have guys. to. We're all in this together. We all have to up our game. That's what I'm telling everybody. Up our game. We lost our best player, AJ. No, we lost our okay. best. Hey, he, hey, he left a map for you guys. And even though y'all do your own thing, uh, y'all got the game plan and we going to back y'all 5,000%. So keep yeah. the good work up and Lord bless and Lord help us all because when Biden them get through with this, I pray to God Donald Trump run again so he can fix this mess like he did Obama. Oh, and I got a CD of Rush that I'm going to cherish for the rest of my life. A 60-year-old black man calling the Rush. That was when Obama, when me and you was yanking them back when Obama days I yeah. got the CD of me and Rush, so I'm a cherished that to the day I die. Oh, I'm so, glad you have that. I'm glad oh you have that. Oh, my God. All but right, Sean, my friend. Thank God. We're praying for our friends and, uh, down in Texas. America. God bless Texas. Thank you, sir. Uh, all right, to our busy telephones here. Uh, let's see. South Carolina, uh, I think it's Willie. Willie, you're on the Sean Hannity Show. Hey, Sean, how are you? I'm good. So glad you called. Thank you. Yes, sir. Well, uh, I'm 18 years old. I'm from South Carolina, and I'd never heard the term before, but I guess I'm what you call a Rush baby. Um, I grew up listening to Rush, getting out from school when my mom picked me up, and uh, I may not have known exactly what he was talking about then, but it it really did help shape my views early on and led to my involvement today. I now can say I serve uh, in our state Republican Party um, as the vice chair of our teenage Republicans. Uh, that's amazing. And you know what? I hope you, have you picked out what college you're going to yet? Well, you know, trying to stay in state. I love South Carolina and another USC. thing about South That's Carolina, a great school. I have uh, friends that went there. Is. Yeah. Great it school. Is. Gamecocks. Um, yeah. Just an hour ago, our governor signed the heartbeat bill. So we now have a restriction on abortions in the state starting today. Um, of course, pending legal challenges, um, to stop abortions at a heartbeat. So, um, I'm going to offer know, you unsolicited advice. Uh, here's my unsolicited advice. You now, because when I was in my teens, my parents couldn't take it because I'd be up late at night listening to the radio. I don't, I wasn't TV. I didn't have a TV problem, although I'd sneak watching hockey games anytime I could. But I'd listen to my, I'd hear my father's in the next room. And I, okay, I can hear him coming. And he'd come in the room, turn the radio off or I'm going to smash it. <laughs> you ever do that with your kids? Give me, if you, if you don't stop with that phone, I'm going to take it and bust it up uh, like well, Hillary. I mean, um, just, I'll, I'll use bleach pit on it. But in all seriousness, if you have this passion at 18, 
for what's going on in the world and your country, uh, well, this is like your call to duty. And maybe that's your calling in life. And maybe when you go to USC, maybe they have a great journalism school there. I know that for a fact. Um, whatever it is, we need as many people your age as possible to carry that torch, to use AJ's terms, and 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 continue the battle for liberty and freedom because it never ends. And it's going to be guys like you that do it. And it's going to be gals like you that do it. All right, my friend. Good luck American. in your good, good luck know. in everything Appreciate you're doing. Keep us updated. We want to know. Um, all right, let's say hi to Jim is in Florida. Hey, Jim, how are you? Glad you called. How you doing, Sean? It's an honor to be on the phone with you. Thank you, sir. But I know I could probably speak for you and say that we're both numb right now, and uh, you know. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm numb, and Dan Bongino just made me number. I'm, I'm, I'm literally in a state of shock right now, and I'm praying yeah, hard. Yeah, that's, that's exactly where I'm at. I mean, you know, 20 years ago, when I pulled off the road on US-1, and somehow my radio was on AM, and I, I heard a guy talking about America and how much he loved it, and uh, the courage that he gave for these past 20 years to... <laughs> I'm sorry, Sean. But just no, no, no. Why, why would you apologize for being a real human being? Don't apologize. I've had many tears myself. Don't apologize for caring. That shows you have a heart of gold. Take your time. There's no rush but, uh, here. Take you. your time. Take a but, deep uh, breath. I, I, I get it. Everyone gets it. But um, he was my radio dad. I mean, we're, there's sons. He never had any kids. But <laughs> there are sons and daughters all over this country that are missing their radio, their radio dad right now. But, um, you know, I'm going to calm down here for a second. And, uh, you know, I always say, I tell my guys, you know, you're working. You know, of course, Rush was the, the optimist. But I always say, oh, before P, guys, oh, before P, optimism before pessimism. It's in the dictionary. You, you get to that word first. And uh, I wouldn't have been saying those words, but I would have never... I've been on, seen that AM dial that day, and for some reason, Rush was on there talking about how great America was 20 years ago, you know? And uh, I'm going to be eternally grateful for a guy that just made me love my country more than you can imagine. It's just, it's just unbelievable. And let, you me, know, let, me, let me say this to you. You know, and I want you to hear me on this. I always use the analogy that we're spokes in a wheel. And this much I can tell you about Rush. And he was stoic as can be. And, and I knew a lot more than most about how hard his treatments were. How, t how he toughed it out days to get on the air. You know, he faked it. He's a, such a pro. You know, he'd go on the air and I knew he was feeling like crap. And he'd do it because that's, that was his bucket list. That's where he wanted to be. He wanted to be with us. That's how much he cared. He didn't want to go. He could have done anything he wanted. I had enough money to do anything he wanted. He wanted to be on the air with his audience. And, you know, there's a lesson in that for all of us. And he also lived life to the fullest. 
He followed his passions of, of computers and technology and golf and, and all the things that he, he did enjoy in life. Found the love of his life. I was at his wedding 10 years ago. It's the most fun I've ever had at a wedding ever. I mean, Elton John played. It was, it was crazy. Got a standing ovation after every song. After the first song, song, he stands up and he goes, I know many of you are wondering, what the hell am I doing here? And it was everyone rip-roaring laughing because he's you know more politically liberal. He said, I'm about bringing people together. It was actually a pretty beautiful moment. Um, I would say this. You know, there's a time for mourning, there's a time for healing, there's a time, a season for everything. And for all of us, if you really want to honor Rush, in my humble opinion, in my interpretation, his life's work, his calling, his mission, what he was born to do was to espouse these great values and principles that believe in, in God's great creation of every human being and God's gifts being brought to fruition in a society of liberty and freedom. If I could just sum it up that way, inarticulate as it might be, that's what he wanted for all of us. And what he'd want for us is to take what all that, that he's given us, the foundation that he's built, the framed house that he's, he's constructed, and he'd want us to do the finished work on that house. And that's that that would be that's that's what I mean when I'm saying we need to all up our game. We lost our best player. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I know you know one thing that I know right now, Sean, you're my radio brother. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna hold one big torch, sir. Well, there's a thank God there's a lot of us, our friends, our local hosts, um, all over the country. You know, the great one. I, I mean, everybody. Every, every single host. You know, there's maybe like two people in radio that are total jackasses. Everyone else is great. I'm very lucky that I have many friends in this industry. And and I, I think they would all agree with me. We've all benefited. Every broadcaster on radio and even TV because it translated to TV. It translated to podcasting. It translated because the he showed that there was a market for this. That didn't exist before. Uh, thanks for a great call, Jim. I think you speak for a lot of people today. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. But let not your hearts be troubled. We will have full coverage tonight on Hannity. The radical leftist agenda, wokeism, cancel culture. It's all unfolding but right in front of our eyes. In other words, pretty much everything we warned you would happen if Biden became president. We'll get to all of it. Also update you on Rush Boast Nerdly. Uh, James Golden will join us tonight. Geraldo, Dan Bongino, Janice Dean, Leo Terrell, Herschel Walker. Hope you'll set your DVR. Join us tonight, 930 Fox News. We'll see you then. As always, and I mean this, thank you for being with us. We can't do it without you. And we'll see you back here tomorrow. We'll see you tonight at 9.